Are you tired of politics just like us? Well, there's good news, encouragement, and inspiring stories coming up on Gabbers. Welcome to Gabbers, where we believe in free speech, original thought, and the desire for truth. I am Rusty Putfark, along with Meme Joe Green. Meme Joe, how are you today? Perfect. The weather's perfect. We're here in Florida. Even though it's raining pollen, the weather outside is unbelievable. This is the perfect time to live in Florida. It, it actually, speaking of raining, I took a video yesterday and it looked like it was snowing. I think yeah. it's like either cattails or dandelion things. You look up in the sun and it looks like Florida snow. It was crazy. If you have allergies, this is not a perfect time to be in Florida. No, I'm a little nasally. It's not COVID, but mm. everything's yellow right now, like the Coldplay song. They wrote that about Central Florida in March. The Yellow Brick Road. Everything's yellow. Well, we forgot to introduce Whiskey the Wolverine last time. So this is Whiskey the Wolverine. And want to tell you, too, that our podcast here is kind of like on a lot of different platforms. So we are on Spotify. We are on public radio. We are on... I don't know how many more YouTube. Yeah. We're on YouTube, which is shocking. We're still on YouTube. Yeah. We are on YouTube. Our first two were political. We're on, we're on uh rumble. Yeah. And of course, Gab TV, but we're trying to get traction on Gab, but our first two were political. So I am kind of surprised that we haven't been canceled on YouTube yet. They but weren't, we weren't bad. We didn't no, talk we about the, bad. the magic formula to get canceled, but politics gets old sometimes. It does. It does. So we're going to stay, we're going to stay with some good news today. We, uh, we had a good weekend here in Florida. It was beautiful weather. I don't think a cloud showed up the entire time. We rode the moped down to meet you downtown to have a little bit of lunch. So watch this video here. What's up, Gabbers? Rusty Puck Park here in Florida. Doing what we do the best. Ride our moped all around. Going to eat. Got a boss. Inside. Outside. Who cares what Joe Biden says? We're barbecuing today, baby. So just for clarification, that was not me on the back of this moped. No, this is not Dumb and Dumber. It was not. <laughs> that was that was the significant other. Yeah, Lady Putfart. Lady Putfart. Lady Putfart. Yeah, we had a good time. That was that was fun. We uh, Florida's wide open. We are very thankful for that. That is that is the good news that we're living our lives like normal. Man, we're we couldn't be happier for that, and it's good to see a lot of other states follow suit. No mask mandate, ate barbecue, rode moped. Well, you rode a moped. I rode a moped, and then I bought another moped that that's right. Saturday. But uh, DeSantis today, too, I don't want to get like into politics. This isn't political, but he, the good news on that, too, is in Florida, this, this guy's so good, he eliminated any fine that someone would get from disobeying any of these ordinances that they violate, like in violation of a mask or having your business open or anything like that. They're wiped away. Retroactive, right? Retroactive to March of 2020. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So that's awesome. So we're making progress, even though uh, other states seem to want to stay locked down. Welcome to Florida. Come to Florida. It's spring break time. I doubt there'll be very many masks on the beach. That'd make a very bad tan line. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, no doubt. No doubt. So yeah, up, up and away in Florida. So yeah. Well, if you were a pilot in the early 1980s, you likely know the story of Larry Walters, a.k.a. Lawn Chair Larry. He's the man who tied over 40 weather balloons to a lawn chair and quickly gained air traffic control and FAA attention by ascending into controlled airspace over Los Angeles at 16,000 feet. 
So I don't know if you guys remember him. They've they've actually done um, movies or one of my favorite movies is Danny Deck. Danny Deck Chair. They made a movie that yep. it, based on the based on that. Yeah. Hilarious, hilarious movie. Great movie. If you have not seen Danny Deck Chair, you have to you have to rent that. Yeah, I um, agree. That's a must watch. Yeah, but definitely. Um, so lawn chair Larry got a Sears lawn chair rigged up. They made them strong back then. They had to. 16,000 feet. Like 40-something helium balloons uh, on there and tied, you know, ropes up to it. And uh, he got onto the lawn chair and he claims that he had a a pretty good plan. Uh, I think he was on David Letterman and he explained the whole story. Last week, a man from Southern California grabbed the attention of the world when he fulfilled a dream he had had for 20 years. A dream of soaring three miles straight up in the air sitting in a lawn chair. Uh, we're going to take a look at some videotape of that accomplishment right now. The voices you're going to hear are of my next guest in the air and his girlfriend on the ground. This would be Mr. Larry Walters going up in the lawn chair. questions I could ask you about this because as you said you really had most of the variables controlled but why a lawn chair what I mean American ingenuity why not a lawn chair yeah uh, now what was your once you went up uh, what was your means of controlling the lift or descending or okay I had complete control of the craft and we have tapes audio tapes yes I did <laughs> I had complete control of my craft and uh, I mean even when when the line snapped and you know I even I didn't expect that yeah but I had complete control of the craft. I had an altimeter right under my chin, and it was showing me my rate of ascent. And I had several hundred pounds of water ballast. And so what happened was I was trying to catch an easterly wind current. And when I went up to 16,000 feet, I knew I couldn't go up much higher. I'd be a dead man. So I got my BB pistol, which I was going to tether. I was going to strap that yeah. on. And uh, anyway, I got my BB pistol, shot out about 10 or 12 of the balloons, slowed my rate of ascent. So I was rising about 1,000 feet per minute. My. That was much too fast. Uh, and you just shot the balloons out, and that caused you to come down? Well, it was carefully. I shot the outer balloons out first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I knew what I was doing. Uh, uh, were you going to do anything to let people know ahead of time that you, there might be a guy in a lawn chair in yes. the area? You know, that's when I was going to be tethered for uh, an hour, and then prior, a half hour before, I was going to cut myself loose, because nobody else would do it for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, my ground crew were going to notify the proper authorities. We were going to give them a half hour notice. Now, what I did was wrong. I'm not making excuses, but we were going to give the FAA and all the local airports a half-hour notice. Yeah. And it's by the grace of God that, you know, yeah. I didn't now, hit a plane or... Now, why, know, was, why was this wrong? How were you different from any other balloonist? First of all, <laughs> most balloonists don't go from clusters of uh, weather balloons, and they're very fragile, too. Uh-huh. I mean, you could poke your finger through one of them. They're so fragile. Yeah. Or a pin. They can be popped with a pin. That's how fragile they so are. So you did... It was, there, there is a law against this. There's a law against uh, taking up a balloon or balloons uh, without a license, and the FAA already said if, they, if I had a license, they would have revoked it. Mm-hmm. But since I don't have a license, they can't revoke it. Yeah. So Now, w- would you do this again? Um... No. This was the fulfillment of a 20-year dream. Yeah. 
and I accomplished my dream. Yeah. Now, how does that feel, having succeeded in achieving what you all wanted to do? I achieved inner peace. I've achieved inner peace within <laughs> myself. Really? Really? I'm a happier person today. Well, that's good. Like that. uh, a happier person for it. This is a fascinating story, Larry, and, and I'm grateful that you could come all the way to New York City and share it with us. Well, I thank you for inviting me, sir. Anytime. If you want to do something else, let us know, sir. Uh, thank you. Larry Walters, ladies and gentlemen. Here's what actually ended up happening. Instead of the nice, easy landing after eating snacks and drinking beer, uh, <laughs> it said, oh, and, and the, the name of his, I guess his balloon craft, Inspiration One, which nice. is fits perfectly with our topic yeah. today, Inspiration One. Well, he ended his hour and a half flight tangled up in power lines. Ooh. Yeah. Can you imagine that? I saw that picture of having Beach. to wait to get extracted. Yeah. So that was created a 20 minute electricity blackout in the area and of course larry was arrested larry's arrested he was arrested and the normal penalty for that is that they revoke your pilot's license larry was like no no worries yeah we're good yeah he was good because he didn't have a pilot's license to begin with <laughs> no revocation of something you don't have but i think what's 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 so neat about this is that you know this was something that he dreamed about for for a very long time yeah and you know he became a little bit of a celebrity as, as a result of this, obviously, he went on, you know, David Letterman and some other talk shows, ended up on Timex watch ads. And uh, he said, this was the fulfillment of a 20-year dream. I achieved inner peace. That's what he said. Nice. And so, you know, maybe you've got a dream. Maybe you've got something that, that you've just, just been burning in you, something that you have always knew this is where how God designed you to, to be. And this is who God really said, this is who you are. And there's something that you just may be scared to accomplish, but maybe that's, this is the time, maybe a story like this could inspire you like it's inspired me because there's some things that I would love to do. And I've just kind of put them off and gave every excuse in the world not to do them. But maybe this is an inspiring story. Uh, a couple of Bible verses that, that stuck out to me as well was first uh, Chronicles 28, 20. It says, then David said to Solomon, his son, be strong and courageous and do it. So see Bible's the the originator of the Nike. Just do it. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed, for the Lord God, even my God, is with you. He will not leave you or forsake you until all the work for the service of the house of the Lord is finished. So he's saying, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to take on challenges. Don't be afraid. I mean, life is short. Yeah. So just take on other Bible verses. Isaiah 43, uh, 18, it says, Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. So if you've got all this old, all the mistakes, you all the failures, all the mistakes, all the things that you've gotten wrong in life, don't let that burden you down. Don't let that hold you back because that's most of the time what our self-limiting beliefs become is those are the things that hold us back and say we, we give ourselves all those reasons why we can't do it, why we can't go forward. So don't, don't remember those former things, according to the Bible. It says, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So with the power of God, we can achieve our dreams. With the power of God, we can become the people that we were designed to, to become. And so I, I just thought that was very inspiring. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's interesting with, with that story. You're, he's literally rising above his mm. expectations. You know, like Rush always said that we're, most of the limitations we put on ourselves are self-imposed. And I think that's so true because even like, I don't I think it's Norman Vincent Peale or something, as a man thinks, he is. Mm -hmm. So I, I think our, our self-talk is so 
critical for what we do in life because a lot of times, I mean, there was a, there was this train. I can't remember what it was. I grew up and it's like I think I can. I think I can. Mm-hmm. I think I can. And that's what I grew up. You know, my mom had all these this set of books where were people in the in the day like Jackie Robinson that overcame racism back in the day. And then I think the guy's name was Terry Fox. He was the first guy that ran a marathon with a artificial leg. And we we grew up admiring people that had huge obstacles in front of them and rose above those those limitations that they had. And so that's that's neat to see. I mean, whether it's kind of like far out extravagant fun like Lawn Chair Larry mm-hmm. did, or whether it's a true passion or true dream that people have. I mean, it takes it takes one little step. When I when I started my business, I had a dream to do it. I remember sitting, I just got graduated college, just got a um a laptop, and I my grandmother, I was living with my grandparents at the time, they they wouldn't let me or she wouldn't let me put my laptop on the furniture because she thought it would get too hot and ruin her antique furniture. So I started my business in um, the garage in Florida in the 90-degree heat with a sweat rag in one hand and the mouse in another. You know, Before that, I would rent my buddy's computer when he wasn't working at night because I couldn't even afford that. I saved enough money to get the laptop to go in the garage to do that. But I always knew what I wanted to do in that regard and I knew that there might be obstacles in the way to get there, but you just got to go for it. And I think we portray life and successful individuals as always having an easy road and clarity and nothing to overcome. There was a guy today that I was editing his podcast for, and he's uber wealthy now, but there was a time where one of his family members, they had to take showers at the swimming pool shower because they didn't have enough money to to do, you know, to have running water in the house. And so, so it's, I mean, there, there's a lot of opportunity out there for people to do amazing things, especially in this time right now where things are changing so fast, man, it's just, it's, it's, it's limitless. And that's, that's neat how he can literally rise above those limitations. And I like how you say it's limitless because it really is limitless, but yet we still put limits on ourselves. We put limits on ourselves and yet, yes, there are actual real limits to, to, to some to some degree that, that are, or limitations or hurdles, I should say, but we put a lot of limits on our own self. And some of that comes from some of our, our inner talk, some of our self-talk that we say to ourselves. Some of it is just remembering some of the comments that, that people have said could be your parents, could be friends, could be business associates, that type of thing. They've, they've given you negative feedback oftentimes because they know they can't do it or, or they're scared to, to try. And so then they want to put the limitations on you. And that, and that that voice just resounds in your head. And maybe you feel like you want to try to please people. You know, you want to be a people pleaser. So you, you know, you go along with, you know, what everyone's opinion is. And and that's not really good, too. You've got to live your own life. you got to be your own person. you got to become. is the greatest thing to be able to become what God created you to be. Because, you know, Jesus bought us with a price on the cross. We, we're not our own. Our bodies are not our own. Our lives are not our own. He bought us with a price and we owe it to him to become all that we can be for what he created us to be. Mm-hmm. And it's funny too, you know, the limitations that, that people say, you think about uh, the guy that, that never, you know, ran the first four minute mile until that time, nobody believed that a human being could yep. run a four minute mile. Now everybody runs a four minute mile. Me? What? No, not me. Well, but no, th- th- that <laughs> you, you might run a four minute mile, happened, but I don't. 
they broke that record several others within the the, the four weeks after that happened oh yeah within the month after yeah. that happened so many other people happened it mm -hmm. happened because they they knew in their mind there's a trigger that it can be done mm -hmm. and what's funny about this story here about lawn chair larry is that he sparked a whole hmm. uh series of games i guess where, where people other people started doing the the helium balloons or oh, the chairs yeah. in races and stuff like that yeah. so so you know break the break the limitations break through the barriers uh don't don't let the self-limiting beliefs and self-doubt as the bible says just go for it just just get the courage be courageous god's with you if he created you to do it yeah there are no limitations yeah yeah and i think how we see the world determines the world that we see mm -hmm. you know it breaks it down to the point of even right now there's a lot of things going on that are negative i mean there, there really are there's a lot of things that how society is so mean to each other how political things are falling apart financial things are falling apart but again out of chaos sometimes comes the greatest opportunities around that leaves a wide open space for a lot of people that are have been dreaming because even when your political party doesn't win the world's not over and that's why sometimes you just have to take a break you have to fast from that you have to because you can get so bogged down in the negative negativity of that to where you wake up and then you go to sleep and you wake up and go to sleep with that on your, the weight of that on your shoulders, the weight of that on your heart, the weight of that on your mind. And your mind's not focused on the right things, which the right things should be your relationship with God, your relationship with your family, your relationship with your friends, focusing on those goals and being, being around positive people to help you and to encourage you to achieve those goals and to go after those things. And you know, no matter what it is, I mean, if you're, you know, want to be a great teacher or want to, you know, start a new business or whatever you want to do, go serve humanity. It's possible. It's possible. I mean, that's, that's one of the things Les Brown's one of, I know our favorite motivational speakers, and that's one of his t series. It's possible. And he's very, very, I, I, I love to listen to him all the time. And, and that's what he talks about the bamboo seed. When you plant that bamboo seed and water it every day, you don't see anything. You don't see anything. You don't see anything. And mm. Finally, after months and months and months of watering something that you don't see, once it breaks the surface, it grows about a foot a day, mm. and it's just unstoppable at that point. So you have to consistently work on that self-talk, work on making sure you're in a good spot, mentally focused. And, and again, I mean, trust in you know, the Lord with all your heart, and he will direct your path. And yeah. so I think if we're on that path that we know that what we're here to do, we're doing, there's nothing like that and having that that missional purpose. And that's and you know, just having that fulfillment and that satisfaction. Obviously, you know, we have responsibilities to some degree. We have to pay our bills to some degree. But oftentimes what what we define as success is really not the correct definition of, su of success. And so, you know, we always think, well, the size of my bank account determines my success. You know, all the toys, all the things that I've got, being who you were meant to be seeing fruit in your life when, when you're seeing other people growing as a result of, of, of the work that you're doing and the interactions that you're having with them. And you, you know, could be your kids, could be your spouse, could be your family members, cause could be your neighbor, you know, doing things to, for, for people that, that can't do anything back to, to help you, you know, mm -hmm. that, that's to me, that's, that's, that's true success. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, waking up every day, putting yourself in the right state of mind, Feed your mind wherever wherever your mind is, the body's going to follow. And and so you know, you take a Tony Robbins, you take a Les Brown, you 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 know, you, obviously the Bible, 
sermons, that type of stuff. Fill your mind with that instead of politics, instead of talk radio. That's you would if you did that for thirty days. You know how much different, and how much better you'd be, how much better attitude you'd be. Yep. And to wake up and be grateful every morning of what you do have, and it's hard to hard to worry and worship at the same time. Yeah, yeah, and I I, I think I mean you're right. And even if you don't want to stop listening to that a hundred percent for thirty days, supplement it with something positive. Supplement it with mm-hmm. something that's directional in your life other than just complaining because as humans, we're naturally attracted to negativity. I believe the polarity in our bodies is naturally attracted to to negativity. I believe it takes genuine effort to be positive. That's why I wonder, I told you, I said, this will be the, this will be the podcast that gets no views because (laughs) it's good news. You know, they always say, they always say good news doesn't sell. Yeah. And uh, who knows, maybe we get no, no great, feedback from this, but you know, we needed this for our own self, I think. Yeah. I think the goal of of this is, is for encouragement. And one of the things that I I came across, this kind of shows where we're at, but again, I don't think this applies to 2021. I think this could be applicable a hundred years ago or whatever, but it, you know, second Timothy three, one through four says in the last days will be very difficult times, which we can understand today. People will love only themselves and money. I mean, we see that with social media, like crazy. Mm -hmm. They will be boastful and proud. They will scoff at God. They will be disobedient to their parents. They will be ungrateful. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends. They will be reckless and puffed up with pride. They will love pleasure rather than God, which is leads right into kind of what I wanted to talk about, which is Viktor Frankl, a psychologist, who kind of countered what Sigmund Freud was talking about because Sigmund Freud would always say that man's quest and desire is for pleasure. And when he doesn't get that, he seeks other means, which can be reckless. But Viktor Frankl said that he disagreed with that, that that man's quest is ultimately for meaning. Viktor Frankl was uh, in four different concentration camps during the war, including Auschwitz. And after he was put as the head of the suicide wing and the, uh, the hospital there, there were over 3,000 patients. And, and based on what he talked about and his principles, not one person took their life. And his main philosophy in life was to wake up every day with meaning and having something to do. Number two is to be in a community with love where you can love and receive love. And the third thing is to have a redemptive perspective on life, which if something bad happens, what good can possibly come out of that? And I know that that's hard to think of, but I think so many of the, the successful people in life have that redemptive perspective that, hey, this happened, but let's let's see what we can do with it in our own hands and what God can do with it if we hand it to him sometimes. I'm a big UFC fan, and, you know, here these guys train forever. And, you know, it's a pretty pretty tough sport. A lot, most of these guys don't make very much money. They get to the big show. And they're in the cage, and they're fighting, and it could be anything happens, but but they end up losing. To watch those guys get up there and be such good sportsmen, and then to hear the interviews afterwards, and they say, "Hey, you know what? You know, I got I found the holes in my game. I've got to go work on it. I'll be back, and I'll be better than ever." Right after you just got your butt beat. <laughs> I mean, I mean, this, yeah. it's not like you lost a tennis match. Like you just right. got pounded in the into the canvas, and to have that perspective to say, "Hey, you know what?" I, I, you know, I've got to improve, but I will be back. That's mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a couple things that he quotes in this book, and 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 the first one is, "He who has a why to live can bear almost any how." 
I think that that's very important because, I mean, it's even like the whole Simon Sinek and the marketing start with your why. And, and I think if you understand the why, I mean, look at movies. There's so many characters in the movie that wants to do something that could easily give up, but he has a why. He, he understands what he's there to do. And I think that if we can really become introspective at some point and look at the why we're doing certain things and what mission that we have, why are we here? What drives you? What motivates you? What are some of your gifts? What are your talents? What are your skills, abilities? What do you think you're here to do? So often we get caught up in the rat race. Our why feels sometimes like we're here just to pay the rent. We're here just to buy a bigger house or do something like that to where we're not really being fulfilled. And we, we lose that, that, that quest for true meaning in our lives. And some people have, I guess, artificially big whys, you know, or, or, Maybe you feel like you have to have such a big why. Feel like you have to be famous or you have to write the best novel in the world or, you know, win a championship or something like that. I remember the Rocky movies. Remember the remember what Rocky's why was in Rocky One? He just wanted to to go three rounds or or, or go however go the distance mm-hmm. with the champ just so that he could uh you know prove that he wasn't a bum. Yeah. I mean that that's not a that's not a huge why, but for him where he was, he just wanted to just show that, that he was legit. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's just enough. Yeah, that that's true. And I think sometimes if you, if you can train for that, you'll overtrain, you'll maybe go a little bit extra and then you'll, you'll become the champ. You'll knock the reigning champ out and, and make it happen. But. And eventually fight Hulk Hogan. Fight Hulk Hogan. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Or Dolph Lundgren. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, one of the other things, they talked about in that book and it's, it's man's search for meaning is the name of the book. I'd highly recommend it. Have the courage to accept the things you can't control, which is one of the things, one of the principles from that, having that redemptive perspective. Sometimes we can't control certain things. They could not control being in a concentration camp. Victor Frankl couldn't, they couldn't control a lot of pure evil that was happening around them. What he did in that camp to help bring hope and inspire others. Some of them got out, some of them didn't. I think what he was able to do is he was able to bring that hope to people that were that had lost a lot of other ones, other other loved ones in the suicide wing of the ward of that hospital, and was able to really encourage them enough to keep going and to find their why and to find their meaning and to have that redemptive perspective. I remember when I was 27, my dad died a day before Father's Day was his funeral, and I had to give the eulogy at 27 years old. Now this was completely unexpected. I just bought tickets that Monday for us to go to Washington, D.C. He'd always wanted to see, you know, Washington, D.C. And he'd worked and worked and worked his whole life. And we, that's what we we're going to do. And I remember getting up there. And the first thing I said is, why me? Why, why does this happen to me? But I said, not why did my dad die? Why was I able to get to spend 27 years with him? Why did I get a dad that was that loving and that amazing, that awesome, and have a family this good? Why me? Why of all the people that are all over the world of six, seven billion people. Why me? And so that was the redemptive perspective that I took out of that one to say, man, I'm lucky. I'm lucky. Even though I'm going through a tough, I mean, he was an amazing guy, taught me so much. Why me? And so I think there's a lot of times that we go through sucky things in life, but there's always a positive way to look at them. Well, and part of it too, is it's how you experience these, you know, you you take like the concentration camps, horrific, the worst thing that you could probably experience. Everybody was going through the exact same experience, but how certain people went through it 
was was slightly different. You were talking about Victor yeah. Frankel. Yeah. Uh, your stories of Corey Ten Boom, all these different people, Bonhoeffer, all these different people. If you notice what they did, though, is they took the focus off themselves and they put it on others. So even in the midst of all these problems, here they were out there trying to help others. And they always say in the in the Navy SEAL training, like in the BUDS training, whenever Navy SEALs are going through, they're trying to figure out who's going to uh, who's going to make it, who's not. They say one of the defining ways that they can the the, the instructors can tell who's going to make it and who's not is the guy not the not the big strong guy, not the super athlete, not the guy that's out there trying to beat everybody on the races and be the toughest guy in the in the bunch. There, they always say the the guy that's going to make it is going to be the one that's kind of getting the whole team to go through is encouraging the team, even in the midst of, you know, how tired they are, how cold they are, how tough everything is. The guy that's leading the team and leading the charge and focusing on the other guys and helping us buddy up whenever he falls, mm -hmm. they always say, those are the guys that are going to make it. Yeah. And that's, and that's true. And that's, that leads right into one of the other things I wanted to say is there's only one thing that cannot be taken away from you, your attitude. And my favorite movie growing up, I remember coming home from junior high, not making the football team because I was too small, decided not to get a ride with somebody. I just walked home and I was, I was down, walked into a movie rental store. That's back in the VHS days. Blockbuster. And saw Rudy, picked that up, went home, watched it and was so inspired. I mean, Rudy got no, 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 no. You talk about teammates helping you, man, when they started, those guys started laying their jerseys down and saying, put Rudy in for me, put Rudy in for me. That inspired me because I know that people saw how, I, I guarantee you I had more heart than most people out there in that field. I was just, from the coach's perspective, look, just looked the same way Rudy did. I was short. But I guarantee you I had more heart than those guys. I think having a positive attitude, and it kind of goes back to what we talked about all along, I think we're just naturally, we can naturally go to the negative. How many times do we just sit around and we hear if there's a big news story or news cycle going on, we can literally sit there, veg out to that, go from one station to the next, to go to social media, to the news, to whatever, to t calling people about it. If some, somebody does something heroic, how much time are we going to stop <laughs> and, and focus on that? I mean, how, how, much, how much time are we going to you know, spend encouraging other people to, to do something like that? So I would just, I mean, that, that's kind of what I'd like to do is just to, to get out of my own self and to move towards encouragement and to move towards a positive attitude and try to be, try to pass that on. There's a lot we can't control in life, but what we can control, we do. We, we choose our attitude. We choose our happiness. We choose to be happy or choose not to be happy. That's actually a learned skill. It's not something, you know, we're, we're naturally, we're not naturally going to gravitate to that. Babies come out, start crying. You know, we have yeah. to, it's a, it's a learned skill. It's like working any other muscle, working any other skill, You've got to catch yourself whenever you're you're prone to go to that negativity, and and recognize it and go nope I'm gonna I'm gonna make a conscious choice to change my state of mind and it could be just as simple as going all right stop uh, I forgot who it was that uh, that has this as their as their little reset they do like a five second reset and they go five four three two one then it's like okay reset I'm gonna give myself five seconds mm -hmm. pity party five seconds five four three two one bam reset mm -hmm. and then you go from there. Yeah. And you may have to do that all throughout the day. Yeah. But you can constantly do new little resets all throughout your day and uh, kind of get back on track. Yeah. There was a guy that I heard the story that he would run double Ironman marathons in his late 50s. 
And someone asked him, how do you, how do you do it? And he said, I've learned to talk to myself rather than listen to myself because your body will tell you I'm tired. Your body will tell you, I don't want to do this. But if you start to learn to talk to yourself instead of listen to yourself, you can say, okay, I'm, I can do this. I can do this. I remember even with me, I ran a half marathon one time and that's when they say when most people give up around the 20th mile of a marathon, they don't, they don't give up too late because they can kind of see the finish line and they don't give up too early because, you know, they just got to get a little bit further, but they, you know, that, that 20th mile, that midway mark, that, that, that midway could, mark. Yeah. But I think a lot of times if you can just talk to yourself and get yourself through and all that, it's going to be there. And I tell you what, there's a lot of people that are going to try to get you off track. Mm-hmm. Even with the marathon, there was, I was dying laughing. It was, uh, it was out in Austin, Texas. It, you had to run through, I guess, University of Texas, like frat places. And they were sitting on the front porch, free beer for quitters and all this other stuff. So there's so much stuff in life that would try to distract you. But if you, if you're focused, if you know your why, if you're in that community with encourage encouragement and other people, and sometimes you might not get that from your family. Sometimes you just have to find communities to get into that will encourage you because sometimes there's some negative families. I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. thank God I don't have a negative family, but I know I've been around people that have. And then if bad things do happen to have that redemptive perspective to say, okay, this happened, how can I turn this around into something that's positive? So what's cool though, you were just talking about running the half marathon and how people want to kind of quit somewhere in the middle. One year ago today, this is like, well, pre pre COVID um, time we were in, Jordan, me and my wife are in Jordan and we were there with some of our missionary friends and some friends from all around the world. And, uh, we were doing a 150 mile run from the red sea to the dead sea. We had 24 hours to go from the red sea to the dead sea. And, uh, actually it was supposed to be from the dead sea to the red sea, but there was a big sandstorm. It wasn't, they didn't, the, the race didn't get canceled because of COVID. It got canceled because of a big sandstorm in the desert. And mm-hmm. so they canceled the race. Well, we had come all the way over there to do this race. And then because of COVID, uh, half of our runners from Tunisia and from Morocco and places like that, they were our best runners. They didn't show up. It was a relay race. And I was supposed to just be a van driver. I didn't train for this. <laughs> this was, this was, I had no plans. I, had, I brought no clothes to run in. And when we realized that, you know, we, the race was canceled, but we had come all this way to do it, we decided to run it backwards to go from the Red Sea to the Dead Sea. And we did it. We ran, it took us actually 25 hours because I, I was hoping you would physically be running backwards. That would have been yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, but, but it took us 25 hours and I actually had to run myself. I think I did like 11 or 12 miles of it, but everybody else had to run like extreme, like marathon type distances. But it was funny because we were running along the Israel Jordan border all through the night, popping in and out of a van. And you can imagine the, Jordanian military did not take too kindly to that. We got stopped 12 times by the, by the Jordanian military. They were, they were seeing us through their night vision goggles, but there were so many obstacles along the way. But I can tell you that you were talking about the community that, that needed to be there to encourage you. We were having to encourage each other nonstop mm-hmm. because our legs were locking up. I mean, it was like getting so old. You're running through the middle of the desert at night. There's wild dogs out there. You can hear them. And you're just in pitch black dark with like a little headlamp on. It was spooky. And, um, but just having that encouragement to not get down in 24, 25 hours straight of just everybody cheering everybody on. But it was, it was a life changing experience. And, and I came back with such a positive attitude 
that uh, it just it was just so life changing. And and we were just talking about it. We were texting each other, uh, but because it was just a year ago, and we were like, oh, we got to do a new a new new adventure, the reunion trip. Hmm. Everybody get together. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember texting and you said you were over there. I'm like, what in the world? Because that's right when all this lockdown and whatnot was happening. I'm like, we, are, yeah. you, are you going to get back? Yeah, almost. we almost didn't. We got one of the last flights out of Jordan. Yeah. And uh, it was crazy. Actually, we changed our flight to, to leave early because the flight that we would have been on never even left. So we got out just in the nick of time. Jeez. Well, one of the things that I, I came across, and it's so political all the time, but when I came across this story at I guess a couple of weeks ago, I just wanted to show it again, but it kind of sets you back. It resets kind of where we're at. Cause you wake up and you hear this story, you hear the latest news or whatnot. And then let's play this video here. For those listening to the audio version of this podcast, the video that we're showing now is of a Marine who works for a delivery company. It looks to be in his sixties and has a pretty substantial limp. He's walking to deliver packages, sets them on the ground, struggling to set them on the ground because of his disability, turns around and sees the American flag that was flying has fallen and is on the ground. He turns around and picks it up, looks around, and he proceeds to fold it in a full military honor way. And he bends down and sets the folded flag like you would see in the triangle position that would be presented. He sets it on top of the packages. And when he stands up, he gives a full salute to the flag, spins around like they do in the military, and proceeds to leave with a limp. It's an incredibly powerful video, and I encourage you to look it up it's on YouTube. You just type in Amazon delivery worker flag and you'll be able to see it. Stuff like that, man. Still. Yeah. That wasn't the first time he's done that, is it? No. And it's not the first time I've seen that. And every time I see it, I, it, it gets you. Yeah. It I does. remember the first time, I, the first day I watched that, man, I'm, I literally, I teared up and hmm. I sent it to as many people as I could. And one was a, a veteran himself. And he's like, man, that got me and stuff. I mean, yeah. that's, that's respect. That's true. That's a good human being. There's, I mean, you got to see that in the world that we live in there. They paint a lot of people that are patriotic as just bad people. And then you watch a video like that and it kind of resets you. It resets you to, to what's important in life. And you start your day with some good news and encouragement and, and examples like that guy, you'll have a better day. I'm glad the ring camera caught it. Yeah. The ring camera was was great for that. I guarantee you that guy did it probably thinking no one was watching. Didn't that was not a performance. Mm. That was simply an act of honor what it was. We had some good news stories today. Yeah, we did. Yeah. I needed that. We did. And and again, I think we we ought to try to do to do that more often because I think that we need to reset as humans. We need to reset to encourage other people and to use any influence that we have to help make the world a better place because man, we can, we can dive deep and I know I can dive deep into a black hole of negativity and it affects how you treat other people. I mean, when you're ticked off about everything else going on in the world, it's easy to be ticked off at everybody else and not have grace 
one of my favorite verses that are his mercies are made new every morning. I'm so thankful for that because there's a lot of stupid stuff that I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the fact that his mercies for us are made new every morning, mm. that is awesome. That's so encouraging. I heard a good tool, Rick Warren from Saddleback Church. Pastor Rick Warren gave uh, gave his congregation a good tool to use one time. And he said, if you're having a hard time being grateful in the mornings, he said, wake up and just go through the ABCs. Find something that starts with an A, something that starts with a B that you're thankful for, starts mm-hmm. with a C, and go through that. I've done that exercise several times. It's it's kind of tricky. It's kind of tricky, especially when you get to the X's and Z's. Yeah. But, <laughs> but thankful for xylophones that, that's and right. zebras. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been thankful for a lot of zebras <laughs> and X-rays. That's right. But it's a good it's a good example. It's a good exercise to go through. And if you just start your day with that, being grateful first thing in the morning, it kind of starts your day out right. Yeah. One of the neat things that I love is in the fall when it's hunting season. I love to go hunting, but I love to be out in the woods when the woods wake up. It's the it's one of the neatest experiences, whether you get a deer or not. It doesn't really matter. What I do is, and I need to do it more, but I always, I always pray when I, from the time I get out of my truck to the stand, because I'm mainly because I'm scared that I'm going to get attacked by a coyote, <laughs> coyote or something. But it's, it's neat to be out there when you're walking and you see the stars and it's just you and you just realize how big this world is, how big God is and how small you are, but how he still is like his eyes on you. He cares for you and knows you that well. And so it's like almost like every step I'm just, you know, saying what I'm thankful for because I really am. That's kind of a neat, a neat thing. And I know there's a lot of people that go on like thank you walks every day. That's how they express their thanks. And that's how they kind of get back into that positive spirit. Some people do it, you know, many other ways, but like you said, when you wake up, that's, you know, just man, be thankful that his mercies are made new every morning and we get, we get another shot at this. Amen. Well, that's going to wrap it up for today. We hope this helped and uh, encourage all of you to encourage somebody else. There's people out there that need it probably right now more than anything. Just be that light. Just be that encouragement. Just be that positivity and that example for others. So um, I am Rusty Puttfark. Follow me on Gab at Puttfark, P-U-T-T-F-A-R-K. Follow him at Meme Joe Green, M-E-M-E Joe Green on Gab. We're only on Gab. And uh, follow us, follow our channel on Gab. And I th- we're on we're on YouTube, we're on Rumble, we're on Spotify, we're on all these good places. That is Whiskey the Wolverine. So until next time, have a good one. <laughs>